0: Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And I am Austin. And we're going to just hop in here with a little bit of news. Um, Two interesting pieces, and then one is just more for fun. Um, Not really fantasy relevant. Uh, But we'll start here with um, the Jacksonville Jaguars new wide receiver, Travis Etienne uh what are your what are your thoughts here about uh travis Etienne potentially just playing the slot and getting moved out here in wide receiver
1: i don't think anything of it you know i think um uh jeff um wow why can't I, for whom jay j- j- bell uh, whatever his name is
0: Jeff bell for yes, whom jeff j bell, bell yeah, but, i mean it's in the name but
1: can we just go back to the beginning and start?
0: <laughs> All right. Welcome <laughs> <No>. to it.
1: <laughs> Jeff did an awesome breakdown earlier today on Twitter. Today is 5 21 So if you're listening to this in the future, you can go back to that date. He tweets a lot. He did a really good breakdown today about how Urban Meyer likes to have a multiple versatile pieces that can move in and out of the backfield. And I think... This is his way of kind of cross training Travis Etienne because I think he could use Lavisca Chenault that way too. I mean, there, there are some pieces that he can move around. Really, the only guy that they can't do that with is Chark. I don't think Chark's capable of of moving around. He kind of does that that positionless thing that's really cool in college but doesn't work in the NFL. Um, <laughs> so that's probably why he wanted Tony. <laughs> yes. So I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't think there's anything permanent. It's nothing that, you know, my undies aren't in a bunch uh, thinking about it or talking about it. Um, but I, I just thought Jeff did this really good breakdown today that really, you know, kind of opened my eyes. It was an aha moment. I appreciate when I have every one, one of those every now and then. So thank you, Jeff. Um, and so, yes, go go check that out. It was really, really good.
0: Yeah, I, I understand he's trying to do the whole positionless thing. He wants kind of some versatility, but I, I feel like that's already Lavisca Chenault. I mean, he did some of that in college. Dude's built like a running back. I mean, yes, Travis Etienne definitely took some strides in the passing game, but he's not Alvin Kamara. He's not Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I don't even I don't even think he's uh, Dalvin Cook. You know, so or Joe he's Mixon. He's competent.
1: He's competent.
0: Yeah. So, but, but I don't see him as a guy that you could do that with and, you know, move out there at wide receiver and like have him be really any sort of successful doing it. I mean, I feel like he's just, he's mostly a running back and that's fine, but I feel like people are getting a little bit overhyped here on the fact that he, they're moving him out to wide receiver in, in mini camp. And, and again, it's rookie mini camp too. Like I mean, we'll get into a little bit of that news later, but they don't even have full rosters filled out. Like,
1: I was about to say, you know, we're going to talk about the Lions. Yeah. I a quarterback at their a second. So like, you know, yeah. Spoiler if they, if alert, if bro. He was playing safety or something,
0: you know, okay, maybe, maybe I get a little concerned, but <laughs> they move him to linebacker. They give him the Shadrack Banks treatment.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I don't think that he showed up 50 pounds overweight. So.
0: <laughs> no, probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, and now that's you also causing you people. look
1: a little tired. Did have the Shadrach news been keeping you up? Uh, <laughs> the past couple of minutes, there's a bag under your eyes there.
0: No, 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 no. The Shadrach news has not been keeping me up at night. Okay. My drinking because of the Shadrach news that okay. has no, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll segue in here to you know, drinking and not sleeping. Well, I'm assuming Calvin, Calvin Benjamin, you know. Probably drank a lot. Part of part of the reason he bulked up and moved to tight end uh, for the Giants here now is I I personally love wide receivers converted to tight ends. You know, that's, uh, I'm, you know, st- uh, everybody knows I'm strongly on board with wide receivers who convert to tight end. Uh, so I'll kick this one over to you here first. What are your thoughts on uh, Kelvin Benjamin, the balloon at tight end?
1: I think we made our thoughts very well known the other day when we talked about Shadrach Banks and we called him <laughs> <to> Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Except for, like, he, he went beyond Kelvin Benjamin, which is actually very, very impressive. I didn't know that was a, uh, a thing that you could accomplish in one offseason. But I guess that should show you kids that whatever you put your mind to, you can do. Um, inspirational. Thank you, Kelvin Benjamin. Thank you, Shadrach <laughs> Banks. Um, I don't actually know how to feel about it. Like, at all. Because it actually kind of, like, there's part of me that says, like, this makes total sense, and I could actually see him being a tight end. Now, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if he can be a conventional tight end at all. You know, I don't think he can block. No. There, like, so, but the, those kinds of things. But the NFL is moving away from that. And he basically was a tight end before. Like, you know, like a move tight end before. Like, that. you know, he was fulfilling all the same, you know, roles that that somebody like that would. So, it's not, like, the craziest thing ever. Have we seen pictures of him?
0: I want
1: to see what he looks like, but I haven't seen any people post any pictures of him. I haven't. I just wanted to to look like he's like in a fat suit, but like he's not. Like he just walks out of you know the office or whatever.
0: Um, I have not, and I'm pulling it up right now, and he does not look. And this is on the Palm Beach Post. There's a picture of him. He's wearing number 85. Um, doesn't really look that big um they listed him at 245 65 245
1: that's not that big what did he play at before like 230 225 i mean
0: probably Probably something like that and i mean he's been out of the league for like two or three years so you know understandable that he put on 15 pounds so yeah no he doesn't doesn't look that big um although there's a quote (laughs) there's a quote here from booger mcfarlane uh, from 2018. <laughs> that's why I want to hear Timing. <laughs> it says, um, in, ref- in reference to Kelvin Benjamin, he's probably a Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end, and he has trouble getting separation. So it looks like he had that Popeye's biscuit. Uh, and now he's moving to tight end here. And despite all of my love for wide receivers moving to tight end, I'm not really interested. Like you said, he was basically filling the role of a tight end anyway, like a move tight end anyway. And, you know, I I don't think he's a particularly good blocker. I don't think that him just changing positions is going to change his role. And, you know, last time we saw him, he didn't really do, he didn't really do anything last time we saw him. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty out on Kelvin Benjamin here. I mean, I think he'll make a roster probably. I mean, because who do they have? They have Evan Ingram, who's our, who's gets hurt. You know, injury issues well documented there, um, and then they have a guy from Stanford uh, the other year, Caden Smith, I think. Sure. But <laughs> um, but beyond that, uh, yeah, I just I don't really think they have anybody else there. So yeah, maybe he makes a roster, but don't go pick him up. I'm not going to pick him up.
1: I'm not picking him up either. Um,
0: Do you want yeah, Tebow I mean- or Benjamin?
1: <laughs> that's such a good question um, Give me Benjamin the person that's actually played a position that requires you to catch a ball
0: at an NFL level uh, before. that's that's fair. It's uh, a good yeah. point um, I will move into the uh, into the more fun less fantasy relevant news here um, and that was you know this happened a little bit ago uh, with DK Metcalf you know trying out for the Olympics finishing in a very respectable eighth place. Um, you know, I I think that I can't remember what his time was. It was like 10.8 something, uh, which is very good, you know. But I couldn't help but think when I saw that he was trying out for the Olympics, like, you know, yeah, he's a great athlete, but he's not the type of he's not even the fastest player in the league. I don't even know if he's the fastest player on the Seahawks. You know, so him, I didn't really think he actually stood a chance at making the Olympics. But after seeing how well he did, I think there are some other people who like in the NFL who could make the Olympics, you know, outside of Anthony Schwartz, you know, rookie for the Browns, who is like an Olympic level track athlete, or Marquise Goodwin, who was also an Olympic level athlete. Um, you know, so I I think that like, you know, guys like Tyreek Hill, you know, Travis or if um DK Metcalf can do it, you know, I think Tyreek Hill could. Um and then you know some of the other guys that we'll talk about here in just a second. um, I think would probably stand a better chance at it than DK Metcalf. But what were your thoughts on Metcalf trying out for the Olympics?
1: I I don't understand where where the mockery came from. Yeah, I agree like with the that. Public at large, like I, it's not like he, you know, like his his shorts fell down like five steps in, and he like <laughs> did a couple shuffle and fell over on his face. Like he ran. It f- i think the only the only takeaway from it is that there there are layers to these things there are there are levels to this and dk metcalf who also by the way is like 30 pounds heavier than the next dude in that heat (laughs) so you know drop 30 pounds and and it might have been a little bit of a different story but you know there there are just levels to this thing and that's why you know these guys are nfl fast but they're not like you know they're not. They're not fast. Fast like they're. They're not <laughs> Olympic fast. I mean, it's. It, there. There are levels to all of these things. Think about anything that you do in your own personal life. You know, maybe you are. I do
0: everything at Olympic level.
1: That's not what second says. <laughs> um,
0: ooh, ooh, Adam. Ooh. <laughs> all right, it's gonna be all for tonight's show, guys. Um, <laughs> Ten minutes in. <laughs>
1: it's longer than. No, no, no. We're not
0: going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um like if you know i if, if say you're you know I, i'm a lawyer say i think that i'm a really good lawyer there are lawyers you know there are there there are lawyers better than me that that do what i do way but you know th- there are layers to everything and the nfl and this athleticism is no different i commend him he didn't take away a spot for me but it's not like they just put him on the the, the team and sent him to the olympics like if, if they had done that okay i get being critical but I I think it's awesome that he went and tried to do this. You know, there's not that many. There, there aren't old sprinters, you know. Right. There, there's right. a shelf life there, so he doesn't have that much longer to do this kind of thing. So so good for him. Um, good for DK Metcalf. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that.
0: Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I don't understand the mockery on that one either. But uh, like I said, I just I felt like if he was going to do it, there's other players who like would stand a much better chance of making it. Just again because of their size, like you said, they have. He has thirty pounds on all of those sprinters, you know. Meanwhile, we have this forty-yard dash competition um, that happened today between Miko Hardman, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, linebacker Devin White, and then Justin Jefferson. Um, did you happen to see the results of that one?
1: Yeah, I saw that Devin White ran fast, and I'm wondering how they actually timed this because it was like a four three seven or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he ran a 437. There was a, a video on it on um, yeah, been, I am i do not know, know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Kleiman's Cl- Twitter at called- NFL dov Kleiman. Um he was the one who posted it on Twitter. Um, and it says I think it's from BR Grit, Bleacher Report, Grit Iron as well. Um, there was a video of them on there, but from what I saw of the video, like they all ran like separately. Like, you know, it wasn't like they were lining up on a line and then taking off so yeah i don't really know how they did it It wasn't like didn't look like it was the most scientific thing for it but um yeah just for anybody who didn't see it uh you know micole he- uh, hardman finished in first running a four two two. 2 henry ruggs second with a 4 2 uh den white third uh 4 which was faster than his uh nfl combine time uh by 0.05 seconds and then justin jefferson came up in third with a 4.5 flat. So I would say the biggest surprise there for me was White running, you know, 437. Um, you know, he weighs 237 pounds. you speaking of people who weigh 30 more pounds than the next closest person in that heat, that was Devin White. The next closest was Justin Jefferson at 202, uh, and then Miko Hardman at 178, Ruggs at 188. So I was really impressed by Devin White there. Um, not really any fantasy takeaway like we were saying before, but I just thought that was really interesting.
1: I I saw that, and I actually was wondering if Devin White weighs less now than he did at the combine. That one I don't know because he's a linebacker. That's one of those positions where I could see him gaining a few extra pounds or whatever. You know what I mean? Like to measure in. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if he weighs a few pounds less and it helped him uh, run a eh, little bit faster. Where it's entirely JJF, possible. I mean, J J F probably didn't lose any weight. You know, like he's yeah yeah you know, there wasn't that much to lose.
0: Yeah, but as like I was saying with the DK Metcalf thing, you know, Nicole Hardman, Henry Ruggs, those are two guys that I would have put on the Olympic team, expect to do better in an Olympic run than DK Metcalf, again, just because of their size, you know. Yeah. They're pretty significantly lighter. Um, but like you were saying, there's levels, layers to the athleticism there, and, you know, I just thought that was like an interesting story here news-wise. Yeah, nothing really fantasy relevant from it. Um, But... Will, do you have any last thoughts on that one before we move on here? No. Okay. We'll move into a, another sort of news segment, but this is actually going to be a show segment here. And that's some rookie mini camp news. Uh, you know, NFL teams had their rookie mini camps this week. And like Austin already spoiled earlier, the lions did not have a QB present at their camp at all. Um, they used their QB coach who people probably know Mark Brunel, they use their wide receiver coach, which will surprise people until you hear the name. That's uh, Antoine Randall L. Uh, and then they use their quality control coach, Tanner Engstrand, who was apparently a college quarterback as well. Um, but I just thought that was something that was pretty interesting to mention there, too. You just, you know, getting the old guys a little bit of love there. Uh, but it also goes to show you that they don't, uh, beyond Jared Goff, they don't really have anything at quarterback. I mean, they have David Blau, but.
1: The the kids probably don't even remember uh, Brunel and Antoine Randall. You think? They were a while ago, man.
0: I, I, I mean, mean, we're not that old
1: for this space. We are basically dinosaurs. I
0: don't, I don't know. I mean, we're the two youngest in in the campus. The Canton crew. Uh or Mox, actually, more Mox. I was to say Mox. How old's Mox? I don't know. He's younger than us he has to be he looks older than I do he looks older than you do um I feel like I feel like he's I feel like I remember talking about it. I think he's our age I think he's like 26 so he would be like a year younger than me um but yeah anyway I, I'm pretty, I feel pretty confident that people probably know who Mark Brunel and Antoine Randall L are
1: Randall L I think was is the one that I think people would know less just because he was not as good as Brunel.
0: You know. I mean, Antoine Renderlo has a Super Bowl. Goddamn right he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move off of that topic here and into some actual uh, actual news. Um, Rashad Bateman has reportedly been very impressive at uh, Ravens camp. Um, John Harbaugh had some, some pretty glowing things to say about him. He said, first impressions have been very positive. Uh, he called him a no-nonsense guy. Said he has a nice demeanor, said he's a quick learner. Um, they say he's everything as advertised from a talent standpoint. Um, and I don't really, John Harbaugh is not Jim Harbaugh. So he doesn't go that's out an, of his. That's way. an astute observation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, he doesn't go out of his way to hype up guys like that. Like if this was Jim Harbaugh, meh. Uh, but John Harbaugh saying it's definitely interests me here. And you know Rashad Bateman's a guy who has there's a little bit of controversy on him and there's a little split opinions on what his fantasy potential is here um now it is just rookie minicamp here, but what are your thoughts on Rashad Bateman um uh, you know impressing already
1: yeah, I mean it's not that surprising that he would impress because of the other like who they're comparing him to on that roster like really I mean
0: Tylen Wallace
1: I don't think Tylen Wallace is very good either
0: um <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, uh,
1: it doesn't change how I feel about him at all. Um, I, I mean, I never faded him or anything on the landing spot either.
0: Did we talk about that on this show? Uh, yeah, I think we did. Okay, I think we yeah. talked about that pre, like right after the draft. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I know we yeah. talked about it on our draft coverage because I know we talked about it with Matt Waldman because I wanted to ask that question specifically because um, I'm pretty sure he had Matt our Bateman as his wide receiver one. Why does or Maybe it was two. I think it actually might have been two. Now I'm thinking about it. I don't have a, I don't have the RSP pulled up in front of me here, but I know he was very high on Bateman, so I wanted to get his opinion on that landing spot.
1: I, w- I was not there for the Waldman conversation, um, so I can't comment on that.
0: Shame. Shame on you. I know. Uh, next rookie who looked good at camp here is uh, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver from the Seahawks. Um, they, the Seahawks.com had articles, um, five takeaways from day one and five takeaways from day two. And Dwayne Eskridge was mentioned in both of them. Um, you know, he has reportedly looked really good. Now it is without pads. And I feel like that's a setting where Dwayne Eskridge is is typically going to excel. Uh, but Pete Carroll, you know, Pete Carroll is, is a guy who will, you know, hype up guys a little bit more, you know, a little bit more coach speak from, uh, from Carroll. Um, but, uh, you know, he said he thought Dwayne looked really good. Um, uh, you know, he said he looks very quick, very strong Had a really easy time with the type of routes that they're running. Um, said he's, uh, catches the ball with strength and power. Um, you know, they said he's a really good first day and then echoed more of the same thing on the second day here. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts here on Carol, uh, saying that Dwayne Eskridge looks good already?
1: Uh, so I'll be honest. I I mean, I really like Dwayne Eskeridge. I talked about him on the show oh, like a, a while ago before he was blowing up too much pre-senior bowl. Um, and the thing with him is that the Seahawks don't run a modern offense and Lockett's there through 2023. Like that, that's just the... Well, I mean, he's there technically t- signed through 2025, but there's an out after... Um, after 2023 it's still a, it's still a decent i did cap i honestly don't think he'll go until after 2024 even so that's just a long time and they're not going to let dk walk um and then they like i said and they're never going to with with p carroll there p carroll will have to drop over dead because they're not going to fire him <laughs> he's not going to hire a modern offensive coordinator no. so uh, neither of those things are going to happen it sucks for Dwayne eskridge but you have to hope for an injury and i'm not i mean i'm not rooting for anybody to get injured so um I, I haven't drafted Eskridge anywhere this year as much as I really liked him, and I don't see myself doing it just because you know it's. I I just don't I don't think the Seahawks will use him at all.
0: Well, I'm pretty disappointed in your answer there. I was kind of hoping you would I thought I was hoping you would be like on Dwayne Eskridge hyping him up because I knew he was one of the guys that you were on early. But yeah, now I completely agree with you. You know, Lockett's already there. Lockett's already in that role, so I don't know how much. Dwayne Eskridge is going to be able to do and I don't think even if he gets on the field in their three wide receiver sets which they run at a pretty low rate uh, you know I don't I don't think he's gonna be fantasy relevant I mean you know maybe he has a David Moore type season where he finishes as like the wide receiver 50 56 or something like that but yeah I, I'm, I'm not all that interested it, but it is interesting to always hear you know thoughts on Ricky Camp you know, right away. And, and you hear a guy taken in the second round, you know, who looks good. It's not necessarily surprising, but especially with a guy like Eskridge.
1: So I know there are smart people, um, because I, I've never looked into this. I, and I, I will follow smart people if they say something that <laughs> is way too convoluted for me to figure out myself.
0: I know um, we, we know we've, we've heard on the show yes, you know, when I say you. things,
1: thank you. Yeah, That's not what I was talking about anyway. <laughs> um, um, they, they, they people say that there's no such thing as a wide receiver handcuff. Like you know, if there's two guys that are really good, and then there's like a third guy that we we think is okay on the bench, like they're not actually necessarily right. worth rostering. Um, I, I've heard smart people say that, so I don't even know. You know, do you hold him? And then if something like I, I'm not even sure he'll be relevant if something happens. I I I'm I really really not sure. Same thing with you know, um, uh, like Van Jefferson with the Rams or, you know, the, there are some other guys around the league too, that I'm just not even sure he has, he has that much value as that. And this is not, first off, I, I do just want to say, this is not, I haven't faded him. He hasn't moved at all my rankings. He's just going higher now because he went day two than I right. had him. And like And so he's going before I would, I, I would get to him. I thought he might fall to where I had him previously. So this is not me contradicting myself and, and fading somebody based on landing spot. Um This is, just he's not falling to the spot and i'm not going to reach up and get him
0: that's fair definitely fair uh we'll move on to we'll move from your boy to felix's boy uh tommy tremble uh reportedly looking pretty good as a receiver at panthers minicamp um you know they said he was uh incredibly assured in catching the football and possessed the athleticism to get open quickly um you know they 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 did say that you know, there's there's more development that he needs. But, um, you know, they said he might be a difference maker. And they're, you know, they don't really have one at tight end. Uh, you know, uh, they have Ian Thomas, who everybody wanted to like, I wanted to like, just really hasn't put it together. Um, and I think that with Tommy Tremble, you know, showing out, catching the ball well, I think that gives Joe Brady a... You know, interesting element to his offense that he didn't really have last year. Um, it also kind of gives him, you know his his Moss uh, Thaddeus Moss in the offense, which you know Thaddeus Moss didn't really do anything. I think Tommy Tremble's a better prospect than Moss was. So, you know, but Moss was decently, yeah, you know, he was used there at at um at LSU, you know, using the red Zone a good amount. So I think Tommy Tremble could at least pull off a role like that. But I also think his versatility is something that is going to be a nice chess piece for Joe Brady to use. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts here on Tommy Tremble?
1: I find myself drafting Tommy Tremble like everywhere. He went on the he went the two at the NFL draft. I'm not sure what the um <laughs> like, he's just not getting drafted. Like he goes to, like late third round and, and even in tight end premium leagues, I'm in. Like they're they're way worse um you know uh, picks that you can make he goes after um i'm trying to think of some of the guys that he goes after but i mean
0: hunter long i was
1: to say hunter long consistently goes in front of him and to be fair i like hunter long i mean i think there's some good opportunity there in miami as well so i get the rationale but a guy that was a day two pick to a team that has no the cupboard is very very bare at the position i mean he's competing against dan arnold and I like, <laughs> forgot he, Dan Arnold went yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> Dan Arnold's there and Ian Thomas, but like not you know, neither of those guys, if Tommy Trumbull is good, are going to keep him on the bench. Right. You know, they're just really, really not. They're not that level of player. So it's really weird to me that he is just a total afterthought. You would think he would have gone in like the fifth round or something based on where, where he's going. I'm trying to pull up the DLF data, but it doesn't seem to want to uh, recognize my my uh, my my credentials right now. So here we are.
0: Yeah, i I don't have a DLF subscription. I've often thought, I've often (laughs) thought about getting it, but I have a subscription to Campus the Canton, you know, so I don't need it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, I just, I've just never actually gotten around to getting it, but I I do like, you know, a lot of the stuff that they do at DLF there. And did I filibuster long enough to get that pulled up? You did, yeah. So I'm just looking
1: at where he's going in drafts. This is not rookie ADP. Um, this is just overall. But Tommy Trumbull is tight end 33, right behind Hunter Long in their ADP. He's in the same range as like Trey McKitty is 35 and Joku's 34. Um, he's going after Dawson Knox. I think we've seen Oof. enough Dawson Knox to know that he's just not very good. Um, has anybody lost more value in one year than Hayden Hurst? Total side note. Uh, He's tight end end 39 in their ADP, 241st overall, typically off the board.
0: As somebody who has him in two leagues, I can say no. Hayden Hurst is like, he's not a cut candidate, but he's pretty close. If it's tight end premium, I'll probably hang on to him. Anything beyond that, I'm cutting him. His ADP chart is hilarious. <laughs> Literally worthless until is it a bell March curve?
1: last year, and then it spikes, and then it just goes right back down to the toilet. It's, it's a like, perfect bell curve. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs>
0: um, yes, and then we'll move here into somebody who's a little... We'll move in a couple of the bigger names here now. Um, Trey Lance connected on 12 straight passes to start off uh, day one. Of the 49ers mini camp here. Now, it was just some seven on seven work, but still, you know, that was his first real, like, I don't want to say live because it's not live, but I mean, that's the first time he's worked against like a defense since last year because he didn't play in the spring, he didn't play in the fall. You know, maybe he went through a couple practices, but, you know, I think he, he opted out pretty early they never you know and then obviously the fbs moved to the fall or fcs moved to the spring um so you know i thought it was pretty impressive that you know 12 for 12 uh, before he threw his first incompletion on the day there um you know and i know trey lance is a guy that you have been talking up a little bit here uh you moved him to your qb well he's always been your qb3 right yeah 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 i did move him up to my qb3 after this uh, flipped him with uh with with Zach Wilson, but uh, what are your thoughts here on Trey Lance? Um, already looking pretty good and pretty impressive at 49ers mini minicamp. I,
1: I need Michael Scott to come in here from from that very first Diversity Day episode where he's like, "What do you want a cookie?" <laughs> That's what I feel like. What, uh, he completed twelve passes against basically air because it's one on ones. <laughs> does he want a cookie? And no thoughts, no thoughts. This is you know, I get to bur- I get to play the bubble burster here.
0: You do. You've been doing that all day.
1: All, all show so far. What can I say? I'm, I'm an elite bubble burster.
0: Elite, nice. Yes, nice I used the, use
1: the word. You know, I don't use it that often, so that means I really mean it.
0: That means you're really high on yourself.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Though <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate there a little bit. Like I said, you know, 12 straight passes. I think that's, you know, like I said, it's the first time he's going against a defense, in and who knows how long. You know, I think that that was. You know that that means something a little bit. Now it's you know rookie mini camp, so it doesn't mean a lot. But you know, and we'll we'll get into Trey Lance a little bit later in the show. Don't spoil it this time. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll get into him a little bit later in the show. But you know, I think that this is this is the start of of um, you know something potentially looking good for for Trey Lance. You never let me have any fun. You have a ton of fun at my expense all the time on the show. Right to remember. to the to the point where 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 Chris Moxley's making memes about it. They're good memes. <laughs> they are good memes. Um and we'll move we'll move here into the next one, uh, Kyle Pitts uh, reportedly looking like he will be a focal point of the Falcons offense. Now, this comes from the Falcoholic um which is SB Nation's uh, Falcons article, but the, I as a Falcons fan, I do read uh the falcoholic fairly fairly regularly you know I, I like to stay up on it i like the guys there that they have um you know they're always up to date there and you know, they always have some interesting takes but um you know from uh this was they quoted somebody from the falcons website um they said that they're not taking it slow with him they're putting him in motion often they're moving him all around the formation again working mini camp but they said one thing was evidence, and they said Pitts is going to be a focal point of the At- Atlanta's offense. Um, you know, So, again, rookie mini camp, I, uh, we understand that everything here is with a grain of salt, so try not to burst some bubbles here. But what are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts already looking like he might be the focal point of that offense?
1: Can I burst it in a different way? I'll allow it. What are they supposed to say for a win-now team that just wasted a top-five pick on a tight end? We're going to bring them along slowly? They're, they would literally be shot on sight as soon as they left the practice facility that day. Like You can't say that. So they had to come up with something.
0: Um, yeah. Fair enough. No, that's a good point. Um, you know, i I have been, you know, I'm on record being pretty against the Kyle Pitts pick. I don't like taking a tight end at four. I'm coming around on it a little bit on Kyle Pitts, the player. And for the record, I was never, I didn't, never didn't like Kyle Pitts, the player. I've always liked Kyle Pitts, the player. Uh, I think he is, he has a Travis Kelsey like ceiling. And I think Eric Ebron is probably likely going to be his floor, which is a very good tight end. Taking tight end at t- at four, that was where I had my issue. And you bring up a good point. They can't really say anything other than hyping up their questionable draft pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I there there's nothing else to say. And to be honest, like, I, I don't want to do the thing that I did a couple weeks ago where I was like, well, if you were smart, like, you bunch of dummies. But, like... <laughs> I, I I think he's certainly like I get the arguments for him being an early dynasty pick you know I don't necessarily always agree with it but whatever there's at least an argument to be had there and I totally get it people taking him like top 40 or 50 in redraft and like these redraft best ball leagues stop <laughs> stop <laughs> he's on a team with Julio and and really there aren't going to be like that that many targets floating around for him and to be honest russell gage is not a bad player either no you know I'm not saying that because of the Russ, this idiot says Russell Gage is going to take part targets from you know Primo tight end Kyle Pitts. Not necessarily, but he's already shown that he's earned his targets in his own right. He's going to get targets. That's just a a fact, unless he gets hurt. So I'm not sure exactly how big of a target share. Now that I, my, that this opinion will go out the door if they trade Julio, which I don't think they will. That's,
0: I don't think they will either. I think that is it, the rumors about that kind of kicked back up a little bit again here recently, but nothing's changed with the situation other than that. They drafted Kyle Pitts, who I don't think that precludes you from keeping Julio Jones. You know, I think that Julio Jones is going to be tough to move with that contract. And, you know, I think they're going to keep him. I think they're going to try to make a run at it here. I don't know if they're seeing drew B- breeze, leaving the saints and thinking, Hey, maybe we have a shot at the wild card here. Because they're not going to beat the Bucks in the division. I mean, maybe they split with the Bucks. Maybe they take a game from them. Maybe I don't necessarily know if I see that happening either. But they're not going to. The Bucks are going to win that division. Pretty probably running away. So at this point, like, what are you hoping for? For a, a wild card spot? I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs either. But they seem to be resigned to kind of winning now. So we'll see how that goes. Um. But uh, next bit of news here, and you know, color me surprised. Justin Fields looks good. Justin Fields has, you know, reportedly looked really good in minicamp. Um, and one of the other things that you know kind of stood out for me from this article I was reading, it was on ChicagoBears.com. dot com. Um, you know, they they had he had an interview with the media, um, and he said that he was focused on. Uh, he said, "If you want to be great at something, you have to work hard at it." I want to be great at learning this playbook, and he reportedly has been studying the playbook nonstop and meeting with Nagy, Bill Lazor, John D. Filippo all the time. You know, they, they're saying he takes um, notes and he quizzes himself by drawing formations on flashcards. Great work ethic. You know, I don't know where the where the rumors came from that he's not, but you know, that's just those are just things that you like to hear. Along the lines there, I mean, you always hear rumblings of poor work ethic and then, you know, everybody comes out and says, no, he's a great, you know, great work ethic. There's nothing wrong. Like Darius Geis, when he fell in the draft, you know, obviously a little bit of a different situation, not a work ethic thing. This was just a knucklehead thing, but you know, there were rumblings beforehand.
1: That goes beyond knucklehead. <laughs>
0: Fair. Okay.
1: You're trivial, <laughs> Trivializing.
0: That's um, the good point. Harassment. Good, good. Okay. Good point. There were some very serious character flaws there, which you heard a little bit of rumblings about in the draft. And then everybody was very quick to say, no, he's a great guy. Or, you know, you later learn that he's not, I think with Justin Fields, it's, I just think he's has a great work ethic. Um, so, you know, are, does this, does this do anything for you here? Do you you know, does this change your opinion on fields? Although I know you're pretty high on him already. He was your QB2. I'm, so.
1: I'm gonna have so much freaking fields this year. I already have him in a ton of places and I'll probably draft him in a lot more. He falls, man. Yeah. It's Bizarre to me how we've talked ourselves into like he shouldn't go behind Trey Lance. I agree. And this is this is the whole thing that people say that Trey Lance has the higher ceiling. Okay, maybe, but I think you have to be honest with yourself and assess the likelihood of players hitting, you know, like if, if the spectrum for Fields is, you know, four feet long here, you know, when you're visualizing it, the one for Lance is six feet. There's a lot of room at the other end of the spectrum, and you have to think how what the likelihood of if it is of him exceeding where, where Fields is going to go. I don't think the likelihood is that high of him exceeding Fields. There's a chance, sure, and if I'm wrong, Okay, I can live with that, but I think Fields, the, like to hit his to hit a Q consistent QB one in the NFL. I think there's an eighty percent chance that Justin Fields does it. To be Oof. a consistent QB for Lance, I think is like a a fifty or sixty percent chance. I just don't think that the, the the likelihood is is there. And even if there is, I'm not sure that the consistency will be there to the point where I I like Lance more than Fields. I. I'm in this auction right now. I'm in this rookie auction. It's the stupidest format. We, we do one person at a time, so like it's so painful. Fields, fields How long is
0: that going to take? The,
1: that's why we started it now. Um so fields was the second player put on the board. We get $200 as our base and then you get like 5 bucks a loss or something and it's um it's against the mean as well. So you have a chance to get, you know, 10 bucks if you lose twice each week. Okay. Um, So like the average, everyone has about 220 bucks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence went for like 350 fields went for two Oh two. I got Justin Fields at two Oh two. Zach Wilson went for 40 bucks more. And Lance is going to go for more as well. Yeah. At that price. Yes. Yes. Please give me all of the Justin Fields.
0: See, that's interesting. I mean, I feel like the fact that he was the second player on the board
1: also probably probably helps.
0: That's why I went after him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, as I say, I feel like that helps. You know, people are gonna to want to save up for those other guys. Smart. What league is this? I don't know if we
1: have ever talked about it. It's a, it's a weird. Oh yeah, oh. we talked about it. It's a salary cap league. It's the same one oh, that I tweeted about okay. this morning. That some, that some asshole offered me two hundred and twenty five dollars, which again would have would not would have gotten you two thirds of Trevor Lawrence for Swift, Burrow, and DK Metcalf. <laughs> and when I told him that was too rich, he was like, well, Burrow Barreau, Burrow's kind of expensive and he's got a bad knee. Why are you trying to trade for him? Sorry, this turned turning into a whole thing.
0: But. Yeah. Um, and last note that I'll just say on Justin Fields here is, too, is, um, you know, he's in that interview, and it's a really good article there. Um, I, I kind of be really interested to actually listen to the interview, but, you know, he was very open, very honest the entire time. Um, you know, he said that one of the biggest differences is you know and one of the things that he's thinks is going to be the most challenging for him and one of the things he wants to work on the most is actually calling plays from the huddle um he said that ohio state you know they get signals from the sidelines so he's like actually getting in the huddle calling the plays it's very different um you know he said he's you know it's get, taking control of the entire offense uh is going to be something that's going to take a little bit of time for him and, and it was just pretty refreshing to hear him you know, actually speak honestly about something like that. Uh, but we'll move here into the last bit of rookie news. Uh, Mac Jones reportedly had blue coaches and teammates away at uh, rookie minicamp, And that is from uh, Twitter from Patriots news, 24 seven on Twitter. Um, I can't say I'm, that surprised about it because mac jones is the type of guy who's going to excel in seven on seven he distributes the ball really well he's probably super accurate um so you know i i don't think it's all that surprising again you know you've got to take a lot of this with a grain of salt and contextualize it in the fact that it's a rookie mini camp uh but you know it potentially could have him climb the depth chart a little bit there because i know they have jared stidham there who not really that impressive, but he's been there for a couple of years, and I feel like that in the Patriots organization, that might mean a little bit of something.
1: Um, yeah, it surprises me zero. Um, to be honest, I, I drafted Matt Jones in one league, and I'm debating like trying to use this as a sell window. Look, look how good he was in, in their first <laughs> practice. Meanwhile, the Lions every year have Antoine Randall and Mark Burnell
0: playing quarterback. <laughs> um. Uh, so we'll move on for of the rookie minicamp news here. I mean, it's like we we're saying, it's, it's a little bit of a dead period here. Not a lot of news going on. So, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit of rookies, but we'll talk a little bit about some other things that we said in the past about rookies here. Um, and for anybody who is not new to the show, but newer, uh, on episode five, uh, we talked rookie superlatives. You know, we talked about guys that we thought were going to be this year's Blank or most likely to blank from this coming rookie class. And, you know, back in episode five, that was January, I believe. Yeah, it sounds right. Uh, yes, I think it was like right after Christmas. So this is all the way back in January. We we're talking about some of these guys, and I, some of them hold up, some of them don't. Uh, so we'll, the first one here is this year's Justin Jefferson, um, or, you know, breakout in year one. Kind of a player. Um, you know I said my thought for that was gonna be Amon Ross St. Brown. You said yours was gonna be Terrace Marshall. Um, here's an opportunity. Do we want to walk this back at all? Do you feel good about this? Do you want to change that?
1: This is like the famous math equation or like famous math uh, logics problem with like the three doors and you choose the <laughs> one door and then it's like the, you the one die one. every it time this one and it's like, do you want to switch your door? And mathematically, you're like always supposed to switch. And I still can't wrap my mind around where that is. So that's how I feel like I'm. <laughs> you want to change your door. I think I'll actually stick with my door with Terrace Marshall. I, I'll, I like that. I don't want to say I like it even more than I did then. But, you know, he went early or, you know, round two to a place where there is somewhat immediate opportunity and, um, and in an offense, we is reuniting with his former offensive coordinator, uh, with, and I think it's probably going to be a fairly pass happy attack. So yes, I think all of the ingredients that you would want there for a Terrence Marshall year one breakout, you know, as much as you can, you, you can feel good about it, are, are there. So yes, I will stick with my with my um, my original door that I chose.
0: Okay, uh, my my answer was Amon Ra St. Brown and. Despite his lack of draft capital, despite going in the fourth round, I I actually do like this. You know, I, I think that this sets up well for him to potentially have a pretty big breakout year in year one. Here, I mean, it's a pretty barren depth chart. They have Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, can't even think of anybody else. Sage Surratt, they drafted him too. So it's pretty barren there. And he does most of his damage kind of like over the middle of the field. You know, he's not like a stretch the field deep kind of a receiver. So I think he fits fairly well with what Jared Goff does well. Uh so you know, I think this sets up pretty well for Amon Ross St. Brown to actually, you know, look pretty good in year one. The draft capital obviously is a little bit concerning. I did think he was going to go higher, especially at that time. You know, I was thinking he'd be a day day two guy for sure. Ends up going day three. So that hurts a little bit, but I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold tight on mine at Amon Ross St. Brown as well. Um, you know, I think that some of the other guys like Jamar Chase, who went early, um, Jalen Waddle went early. You know, those guys, I think they have a chance to break out year one. Obviously, I think those guys are more talented than Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, that was never never really the argument, but you know, when we were talking about it. Justin Jefferson also was not the wide receiver one in that class. You know, he was the wide receiver three, four, five-ish for most people. Um, I believe you said you ended up at your wide receiver two? I think. Did he end up – Justin Jefferson. Did he end up ahead of Lamb?
1: Yes, he did. He was my wide receiver. It was Judy, then, um, then Jefferson, then Lamb.
0: Jefferson and Lamb. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, so, you know, obviously you were a little bit higher on him than everybody else, but – Justin Jefferson was like an end of the first round rookie draft kind of a guy. So, you know, that's kind of where we're I just wanted to contextualize a little bit. That's kind of where we're coming from with not choosing Chase Waddle. I I still like the guys we talked about a little bit more than Smith as well, um, given that situation. Um, But our next one we talked about was this year's James Robinson or player to pretty much come out of nowhere and, you know, shatter all expectations that were placed on him. You know, obviously we didn't really think anybody was going to be the. To say, what's that smile for?
1: You can then get absolutely crushed here, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so my pick for that was CJ Maribel. Uh, yours was Spencer Brown. Um, Is this one that you feel good about still? Um.
1: So if i remember correctly and i'm pretty sure i do um when we right cuz you're show, impeccable memory yes exactly um when we recorded this like my whole thing was that i don't feel good about any of these guys yes and i still don't feel good about any of these guys um brown went to carolina there is room for a third quarterback on that roster will he make it i don't know is an is an undrafted free agent, what did i say
0: He's a quarterback
1: Nah, running back? No, he's switching positions. No, um, yes, oh. <laughs> I I think that that there's a there's opportunity for him there, but like you know, I don't feel good about you know him, and it would require a lot of injuries. You know, that's like James Robinson required a lot of injuries, but at the same
0: time, like that was
1: not a sturdy backfield anyway.
0: Right. Well, there was Fournette, so, but they cut it. Yeah. And then it I, was wide open. I can't imagine they're gonna cut CMC. So. Never know, man. He's he's getting up there. What is he like 24?
1: He'd have to be the second Panther uh player to hire somebody to kill his pregnant girlfriend. I don't
0: think,
1: <laughs> I don't think they're gonna go that. way. <laughs> I don't think CMC has that <laughs> his reach
0: about. Oh, oh. Uh moving on. I said CJ Maribel. Um uh, CJ Maribel ends up going to the Bears. They have David Montgomery there, um, who is solid but unspectacular. They have Tariq Cohen, who is going to be coming back, uh, missed all last year with an injury. Uh, and then they have uh, they also have Khalil Herbert, uh, one of uh, Matt Bruning's guys. I love C.J. Maribel. Don't really love that landing spot. It's a pretty crowded depth chart. Um, so I don't feel as good about that anymore. Um, I will tweak mine a little bit and this is a little bit cheating because he wasn't undrafted, but I'll go with Elijah Mitchell. Um, I think that that is, you know, he's a San Francisco 49er running back. We've seen guys who went really late or undrafted, you know, perform well in Shanahan system before everybody's on the Trey sermon bandwagon. Everybody thinks that's is the guy who's going to break out. Um, you know but I I wouldn't rule out Elijah Mitchell you know I think he could step into a decent role there and you know could come to a point where people are saying man we we should have taken uh or I wish I would have picked up Elijah Mitchell off of waivers because he's I,
1: I would rather have Mitchell at his value by so much
0: because I think Sermon. there's
1: there's like almost an equal amount of of chance of that he's like he gets significant touches <laughs> this year as opposed mm-hmm. to Trey Derman I mean, I really don't know how that backfield shakes out at all. I'm not even comfortable. You know, it, it, I would, if you held a gun to my head and you said, like, pick, pick which San Francisco running back you think is going to lead the team in carries, I would just say, pull the trigger. Like,
0: (laughs) I can't pick. (laughs) No, that's fair. I mean, we, you know, look at the guys last year too. And so many guys got hurt last year as well. So, you know, that plays a little bit of a role in it. But, yeah, you know, I think that that's a wide open depth chart. So yeah, I'll, I'll change mine to Elijah Mitchell. Um, and way I to, way to cheat. Yeah, like I said, that's a that is cheating a little bit. And you know, people are a little bit more aware of Elijah Mitchell now than they were of James Robinson at this time that last year.
1: Well, if we're allowed to do that, then I actually want to change mine to Najee Harris. who's this guy that I think the Steelers took him. I think he has a chance to pick up some touches there in that offense.
0: Uh that's that's interesting. I don't really, I, I don't know. I, I I don't see it with Najee Harris. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he, I don't know if he gets those touches. You yeah,
1: know, is they had... there, so uh, to cut it to you, is there an undrafted running back that you feel good about this year though? Like I know you're a Falcons no. fan. I don't have high hopes for Hawkins. No. Um. And then other than that, you know, who who else is there? There's really not.
0: No, there's I, really, I guess that's
1: the whole point with Robinson.
0: Right. Nobody felt really good about him last year at that time either. Um. You know, I think dokes. Did Dokes get drafted? Uh, I don't think he did. Um, think if,
1: like either way, though, like is he the closest thing? Like situationally, I think he has to be. You he know, did he, get drafted, seventh round. Okay, so I mean, he technically doesn't fit either. But you know, in terms of these late dart throw running back guys, he's probably got to be the closest thing to James Robinson, right? Thin backfield, doesn't take you know a, a a plague or a pandemic, you know, to wipe out the rest of the backfield, which is basically what happened for Robinson last year. Like I, I, he's got to be the only guy and I don't even really like Dokes that much, but
0: yeah, I I get where you're coming from with that. Um, There's, I guess some parallels there, but I don't really like Dokes that much either. Um, So next one here, we got uh, this year's Justin Herbert. Uh, My response, I said, is there one? I didn't really think there was going to be one who, and and by Justin Herbert, we meant a guy who was really expected not to play at all or was not expected to play early and then does play early and skyrockets in value and looks very, very good. Um, So there wasn't somebody that I thought that would, um, that, that, that would fill this role. Now you said Trey Lance and I think you have to feel pretty good about that pick at this point.
1: Yeah. Great landing spot for him. Um, and it's kind of a similar situation where they're saying, you know, Jimmy G is going to be the starter and I bet he is the game one starter unless he gets hurt in camp. I really think he is now, obviously, um, Herbert's timeline was accelerated last year because their doctor, <laughs> what punctured Taylor's lung. Is that what happened when they were getting yeah. some sort of, you know, injection, their pain, pain injection or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't foresee that happening again, but, yeah, I mean, I think the timetable is going to end up being pretty similar there. Um, and I think th- this year, it's really funny in, in any sort of fantasy game, you know, the Dynasty or, or C2C or Debbie or whatever, you kind of, when when a group think makes a mistake the year prior, it's almost, I don't I don't know if we're overcompensating or not because we haven't, you know, we don't know what happens, but we're kind of doing it with Travion Henderson this year when we saw John go off and we're like, Whoa. And now, you know, Trey Lance is going like top five. And it's like, you know, are we overcompensating a little bit because of just the t- the toolsy guy last year that we kind of faded and that ended up, you know, taking over a starting job and looking really good? I, I don't know if that's the case or not, but it kind of feels that way to me.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. You know, we, we do have a tendency to overcorrect on misses um, and, you know, swing too far in the other direction. Although I don't think that Going for Trey Lance and saying he's going to be this year's Justin Herbert, I don't think that's necessarily too much of an overcorrection. Uh, I like Lance. I like Lance more than I liked Herbert. I'll be honest. I do too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, thank you. Mid yawn. I appreciate I know that. I was
1: yawning, but you, you um, looked longingly at me like you expected a response, so I did. I fought through it.
0: Oh, well, I mean, you already said I looked tired. So how do you know I wasn't just glazed over staring? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no it is it's a good point uh moving on uh this year's jerry judy and by that we meant um, somebody who's going to require a little bit of patience you know last year i didn't really think that jerry judy was going to come out of the scene and explode year one especially given that Cortland sutton was there uh, now jerry judy you know, Courtney Sutton goes down. Jerry Judy is kind of the guy there, but doesn't really mesh that well with Drew Locke's skill set. Um, but your pick for the Jerry Judy uh guy who required patience was Jamar Chase. No. Or no, mine was Jamar Chase, I'm sorry, and yours was Tylen Wallace. Um, are you gonna stick with Tylen Wallace?
1: I mean, I, I think it's gonna require patience because he went on day three to an offense that doesn't doesn't target the wide receiver a ton and then they took a guy in the first so um i almost think that he doesn't even qualify as as a uh, answer to this question now so i am happy that's
0: a typical tipi- it's a typical lawyer answer you're trying to explain away and and make this uh an exception and be like oh this doesn't count anymore
1: no i mean i think he's going to require patience but it's like there there's a lot more reasons than just you know like he went date you know i because i thought he was gonna get like late second round capital. And people were gonna still want Tyler Wallace. People don't want Tylen Wallace anymore. No, he's going into third. I I picked him a couple of spots too here, because it's just, you know, he's sitting there and there's nobody else there that I'd rather have that spot. Um, I I, I don't know that he's he's the guy there at this point. I would say maybe um he uh Deami Brown could be an answer to this. As a guy that's going day two and people are projecting him, I i mean, I think there's opportunity there. I, I'd be one of those mm-hmm. people. You know, I'm not saying he's going to come in and dominate right away like we thought Judy would. Um, but I think he's a guy that it would not shock me if he doesn't do that much year one, but then goes on to have a successful NFL career at the position. Um, so maybe maybe I'll change my answer from Tylan Wallace, who is technically still a correct answer, but now just too easy <laughs> to Deami Brown, who I think kind of fits the spirit of the question a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Diami Brown definitely fits the spirit of the question a little bit better there. Um, you know, I'll I'm gonna stick with Jamar Chase actually. You know, I think that people are gonna be pretty hyped on Jamar Chase. You know, obviously with that draft capital, going fifth overall, uh, reuniting with his with Joe Burrow. You know, he's Jamar Chase is going in the range where Jerry Judy went, you know, last year in his rookie drafts. I think that's fairly comparable. But Jamar Chase didn't play at all last year. Yeah, you know, this is gonna be his first, you know, live action in over a year, you know, when he does step into uh into um fall camp. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts slow. So yeah, and, and plus he also has T. Higgins in the way. You know, I don't think T. Higgins is going anywhere, despite what other people might think. I think Tyler Boyd guy that you like a lot. Also there, I don't think he's going anywhere. So, you know, I don't think he's going to fade into obscurity or anything. So I think Jamar Chase, yeah, I think he's going to require a little bit of patience. I'm going to stick with that answer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I don't know how I would project that offense moving forward. I could see Burrow, you know, loving any of those guys
0: a lot. Right. Um, and we next one here we had, uh, most likely two. See a significant bump based on landing spot, and uh, what are you doing in the sheet? Are you are you trying to backspace that for me? Are you trying to erase that?
1: No, that's how I read things
0: on a computer.
1: You just just highlight things.
0: No, I've never noticed that before. Yeah, I do. I thought you. I just saw you highlight the whole sentence, and I thought you were just gonna hit backspace. (laughs) (laughs) you're just even like no. Answer quick. No, yeah, that's how like how I read things and I (laughs) scroll. I'm surprised you never noticed that before. I mean, I think we know that I'm not very astute. Huh.
1: I, don't I, don't really really
0: I don't really pay attention to, to a lot of things you say or do. Um, but my answer for most likely to see a significant bump based on landing spot was kind of a cop-out answer. It was whatever wide receiver Green Bay finally drafts. Yours was Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I think both of those are fairly accurate. Uh, what are your thoughts here with Chuba Hubbard on that uh, on that one? Are you sticking with that?
1: I was going to say a big round of applause here for the two of us. Um, yeah. I think, we, I think we both did really well with that one because Amari Rogers, yeah, yeah, has seen a pretty solid bump. And um,
0: I don't know if that Hubbard has, though. He hasn't seen necess- I think he's seen a bit of a bump, but I think you're seeing a resurgence of people talking about him again. People, he kind of faded out of people's conversations. And, and we were talking about, and they're like, I'm,
1: I, I feel like, and I'm not going to claim to be the first or anything, but I feel like I was one of the first, you know, Chuba faders. You know, I was, I was been fading him for well over a year now. Um, I find myself owning a ton of Chuba Hubbard in leagues. I really, really do. It's again, it's the same thing. You know, you get to the mid third, and I'm supposed to take the guy that weighs 140 pounds, that plays wide receiver, or, <laughs> you know, like I, the picks I take in that range are all Tommy Tremble, Tylen Wallace, or Chuba Hubbard. So the Hubbard's one injury away from opportunity. Yeah. You know, CMC goes down week two, Chuba Hubbard's probably a top fifteen back next year. That's just the nature of the running back position. I don't like Chuba Hubbard long term. You know, to be honest, if I'm not a super duper contender this year on any of these teams that I have him on, and that happens, I'm shipping him off. Right. But, you know, I I there there are a lot of scenarios where all of a sudden he becomes well worth A mid third rookie uh, Pick in a league
0: like that Yeah, absolutely I mean if if that situation happens you can flip him For early Second late first Most likely, you know to the right contender Um, Yeah So I I, I think As I said, I don't think he saw a bump Necessarily, but I think he's back in the conversation So I think that's still a good answer there Um, Yeah, and and My answer to like I said, it was kind of a cop Out at the time, but it did prove to be true. You know, Amari Rogers has jumped pretty significantly on a lot of people's boards, you know, going to Green Bay now. So I think we were we both did pretty well on that one. Um, but We'll move into the last one here. That was biggest bust candidate. Uh, my selection was Travis Etienne. Uh, yours was Javante Williams. And we, if I remember correctly, we kind of contextualized this by saying, it's not that we dislike these guys. You know, they were our running backs two and three, but running backs, rookie running backs have a tendency to get overdrafted. And relative to where they were going to go, we did not like the value at that time. At least that that was my reasoning. And I'm pretty sure that was yours as well.
1: Um, yes, I, I'm pretty sure that's that's what I was um because I thought Javante would go higher in drafts. He's not. He's not um, in, in a lot of these rookie drafts. Um, he's seems to be hanging around, at least in the ones I'm doing, late first. And after, you know, seven or eight of these names come off the board, I don't have a problem taking him there. I think I got him. I have I took him in one league so far, and it was like a 111. I was very much fine with that pick on a, a total rebuild team that I have. Literally, last year, my running backs were like Mike Boone and Ty Johnson. Really? Like my two-star. Oof. Yeah, so, I mean, any running back help at that point was cool. Um, so I, I I like him in that area.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's going to end up being a bus candidate. But like you said, he's going later than kind of what we thought. Um, and, you know, Matt Fox, um, you know, he wrote an article on Williams on our site uh, about them adding – about the Broncos adding him to challenge uh, Gordon Melvin Gordon, and I think that's a very interesting read there. Definitely check that one out if you haven't already. But you know, I think he does a good job laying out, you know, the case for Javante Williams, and I don't think he's going to be a bust. Um, Travis Etienne, I think there's still a, a fair potential of him being a bust. Um, you know, I, I, I think that relative to where he's going, relative to that situation, yeah, I think I think there's a good chance he could underperform the draft capital that you're going to have to spend to get a Travis Etienne. I mean, the one rookie draft that I'm in, it's uh, it's a super flex league. Now, you know, granted it's, uh, well, it's the, um, the one C2C that we're in where there's two divisions. Um, there's 20 teams total on the college side, 20 teams in the NFL side, but it's two divisions of 10 teams. So essentially like two, 10 team leagues on the other side. So it's super flex, but 10 teams, but Travis Etienne went at the one, one, uh, he went ahead of Trevor Lawrence. You went ahead of Trey Lance. uh, You went ahead of Kyle Pitts. You went ahead of Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle. Those guys, they were all available on that side of the league. And Travis Etienne went at one one, which really surprised me. Um, So you know, and I think that's outside the norm a little bit, but still, you know, I think Travis Etienne's going pretty early. So you know, relative to where you get him, yeah, I I could see Travis Etienne being a bust candidate. I'm going to hold on to that one.
1: I th- I, th- I think that's totally fair, especially with you know not to keep harping on it, but I think Urban Meyer and that front office and everything there is just total wild card. <laughs> it's either going to be like the most amazing growth ever, and in two seasons they're in the Super Bowl, or it's they're going to be further behind than where they even were. It's th- there's like very little in between there.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and it's I, I don't want to draw necessarily. Parallels here because I haven't really looked into it that much, but it kind of feels like an Andrew Luck situation, where like the early part of his career is just kind of going to be wasted. And I'm saying that in reference to Trevor Lawrence. I think the early part of Lawrence's career is probably going to be wasted. Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: The luckily for him, they have at least some guys there. You know, yeah. It's not like a Darnold was a couple years ago, where they just completely failed to do anything around him. They've got, you know, I don't love DJ Chark, but He's better than He's... anything that that Darnold had in New York. They have Visca, they have um, you know Robinson and ETN to take the load off. They have uh, Tebow at tight end, so they have a lot of weapons.
0: There. <laughs> I love how you just casually threw Tim Tebow. I was tight trying end to sneak
1: that in there. But can't get anything <laughs> past you, Colin. <laughs> Sometimes you don't listen. I was wondering if I could just
0: list a bunch of stuff, and you would. Uh... No, it's it's about 50 as to whether you would get me catch me sleeping. Uh, apparently, I look sleepy. Um. So. Yeah, I think that was that was the last one that we had, um, but I'll open it up here. Are there any other superlatives that we didn't mention before, but that you would maybe want to throw in here? And I didn't put this on the show sheet, so putting you on the spot stick. a little bit.
1: Yeah, thank you. I
0: that. just didn't know if there were any other ones. I didn't want to wrap up the senior superlative or the um, rookie superlatives conversation prematurely.
1: I mean, you don't have think, to say anything. But uh, the one that I will say that we we didn't do before was that one most likely to see a significant. Drop, based on landing spot, you know, like mm-hmm. we said, biggest bump. True. But I, but I don't really know, you know, off the top of my head, Tylen Wallace has to m- might be the answer to that. It is a guy that, yeah. I mean, I. It's funny. I was looking back. I, I hate when people go back through like things that you tweeted like three months ago and call you out on it like way after the fact. Um, because we we did a rookie draft a couple months ago and Jarek. Jarek did a pick that, like, then someone came out, and they're like, well, he got day three capital. It's like, yeah, he tweeted that out three months ago.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but um, Wait, when was that? I didn't see that. The, it was the other
1: day. Um, but I, I was in the chain, so I, I got the message. But Highland Wallace went like, the 202 or something. And, like, now okay. you would never dream of taking Wallace at right. the 202. You probably wouldn't even dream of taking him at the 302. Like, that that might even be a little bit early for him. So I think he's the guy that, that uh, saw the biggest bump or the biggest drop based on landing spot that I talk long enough for you to think of a, a guy for that scenario or <laughs>
0: I didn't know you wanted me to think of somebody for that scenario. Um, no, no I, I just,
1: I just talk to hear myself talk Colin.
0: Yeah, you do. I do. I do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty well established. Um, no, I think that that's, that's definitely fair about Tylen Wallace. I'll have to go back and look at that thread. Actually. It's, that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, as far as guys to see a drop based on landing spot, um I would say Kenny Gainwell probably saw a pretty significant drop based on landing spot. Um, you know, he was a guy that was definitely in contention for that number four running back in the class. He was my number four running back in the class. Um, goes to the Eagles, where they have Miles Sanders. And, you know, I think it says a little bit about Miles Sanders as well and the way that the Eagles view him. Uh, You know, I think they view him a little bit more of a committee guy. You know, I don't think they view him as a guy who can lead a backfield. So that hurts, you know, the Kenny Gainwell drafting and the signing of, um, you know, some of those other guys that they brought in this offseason, like Kerryon Johnson. I think that gives uh, a little bit of, it says a little bit more about Sanders than it does about Gainwell, but I still think it drops Gainwell. You know, he's no longer my running back four in the class. Sermon has jumped him. I haven't ended up with Kenny Gainwell anywhere, Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll say Kenny Gainwell saw a pretty big drop.
1: That's a good answer as well. Yeah,
0: thanks. Yeah, you filibuster just long enough for me to think about that one.
1: Perfect. It
0: took a while. I don't know if you could see the wheels were turning.
1: That—that's what the people say when they say that we have chemistry. I I can talk just long enough for Colin to think of something and vice versa. So
0: yeah, I thought it was more that. You're constantly making fun of me. I thought that was the the chemistry there. That could probably be a piece of it too. Um right, well, I think that's gonna do it here for the show. Um, no real housekeeping news here tonight, um, other than just you know we're we we're, we're pumping out articles left and right over there on the uh, on the site. Uh, yeah, we are looking at about one article a day over there. Um, you know, the, which it's probably gonna pick back up here again. Um. So you know, I think that that's probably something that we'll be we'll we'll keep we'll keep going. I know we have one in the pipeline that's ready to go for tomorrow as well. Um, So I believe it was Matt that just said that. So look for an article for him dropping tomorrow. But you know, keep checking out the the articles over there. You know, whether you're a subscriber to the site or not, articles are free. They're always going to be free. No plan to pay while those at any point in time. Um, You know, they're just stuff that we do for fun. Uh, You know, so check those out. Um, But. Uh, that's all from me for housekeeping you have anything you wanted to add there
1: just uh continue to rate and review the show we re- we really really appreciate it it helps us in whatever rankings I don't really know how they calculate them but um uh, i I know we appreciate when people do that so yeah um you
0: know shout out to anybody who's in Germany uh we were the number eight fantasy podcast in Germany so uh yeah you yeah know. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that's gonna do it for tonight's show uh be sure to keep an eye out for the early week show campus life um but as always i'm colin and this is austin and have a good one